What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we are talking about Raymond Buckland, A Witch in Time. Yes, so the book we've chosen is The Complete Book of Witchcraft, 1986. He's written so many amazing books, but I feel like this book, there's not another one like it. I was thrilled. So, and I also think this is one that everybody knows. And if you don't know it, I think everybody needs to. But I still think there are so many of his books that people should read. And if you're not sure, if you've already read this or you want to pick up two of his books and you're not sure, like, let us know. Send us a message. Or, oh, we will definitely make suggestions. Yeah, we will definitely, you know, tell us what you're interested in and we can make suggestions because I think Buckland is somebody that people need to read. I agree completely. Yeah. So, uh, born born in 1934, died in 2017. We basically lost some of our... Yeah. Died I'm like sad that I didn't know about it. Well, I, you're not Wiccan. That's okay. I know, but still. Yeah. I loved this book a lot, and now I feel bad for not caring more previously. I mean, the good thing is you can find a lot of stuff, like yeah. interviews and stuff on YouTube, so you can hear him, um, you can see him, you yeah. know, um, so that's what's nice. So he was born in London, died in Ohio. His mom is British. His dad was Romani. And um, it's one of the things that gets me very excited about Buckland, mm-hmm. because even though he was Wiccan, he was initiated, we're going to talk about his lineage. But, you know, we talked about this in, in previous podcasts, this whole idea of what would Wicca look like? If it were somewhere else. If it was somewhere else. And the fact that his father was Romani, right? That magic. I mean, we talk about divination and cards, mm-hmm. right? The Romani people have a lot of other people beat. Yeah. You know? So the fact that he has, like, that the British side and the Romani, I just love that. So yeah. I feel like he definitely is somebody who... Um, hereditary witch even before he was even initiated. So yeah. I think that was kind of cool. Um, he became friends with Gardner. He had read Murray and Gardner previous to that. And then um, became friends. They met and they had like telephone conversations. And eventually uh, he became Gardner's spokesperson in the U.S. He was initiated and his wife was initiated with him in Scotland um, by the high priestess Monique Wilson. And Gardner was in attendance Ooh, yes, he was fancy. there. Very fancy. Anyway, he came home to the U.S. with the Gardnerian Book of Shadows and founded a coven. So, yeah. So when That's we talk about very exciting. Gardnerian Wicca, it's not something that, oh, they read about it in books in England. And they literally was no got No, it. Yeah. It was, they had the actual book and it was actually brought here. And, you know, so you do have real Gardnerian Wiccans yeah, in the United States. Absolutely. Um, so, anyway, so in 1968... Buckland formed the first museum of witchcraft and magic in the U.S. And it was influenced by Gardner's museum right. that he had in the Isle of Man. Um, but anyway, it, it, it was closed down. It was opened up, closed down. And eventually it was taken over and it lives now in Cleveland, Ohio. So which space trip at some point? Yeah, we'll have I, to go Ohio's not even that far from us. Um, he formed his own Wiccan tradition, which is a Saxon Wiccan tradition. Yes. Um and there's a book on that, The Tree, The Complete Book of Saxon Witchcraft, which is actually a very good book. So if you're interested in look, learning about that, that's a good yeah. book to get. Um, he also practiced as a solitary a lot. Hmm. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, so that's basically the um, the condensed version of Buckland's life. Yeah. Um, 
And then now I guess we can talk about the book, which really is 15 lessons. It's a workbook. It's it, not. Okay. All right. Y'all ready for this? I love this book. Oh, okay. I love this book so much because I feel like all I ever talk about and I, it all blurs into my head. So I don't even know if it's like on the podcast or in real life or both, but I always talk about how people need to like reflect and you need to be like conscious of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And like thinking about all these things and like so much of my religion is sitting and thinking or like, you know, praying, I guess, to the gods. Like it's so internal. It's so mental. This book is right up my alley. It's like, here's a chapter. Reflect on the chapter. Here's, you know, this is the first book that I feel like talked about the types of theologies that you can have. Like he talks about animism and then asks you in his workbook pages, hey, are you, are you an animist? How do you feel about the gods? And like he says, you know, in Wicca, there is a god and a goddess. But so far, that's all we've ever gotten is there is a god and a goddess, not this is a duo theism and there's animism and there's different ways to pre like, that's great. Maybe you read Buckland and you, you go through that exercise and you realize, well, I don't believe in God as two individuals. And wow, okay, now I know maybe I'm not Wiccan, but this book has helped me to figure it out. I loved it. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, what I like about this book is that he definitely gives you time to make up your mind about stuff. Like, do you, are you comfortable with this? Yes. You know, um, the work is on you. I think with the other books you're reading and yeah, you can take a lot out of it but or it's not. But mostly just But if reading. you don't put the work into this book, you're going to get zero out of it. Absolutely. So that's what I like about this book. Um... He does say, and there's a quote about this book. The purpose of this book is to give this necessary information with it, you as an individual or as a group. So he's telling you, you want to read this book by yourself and be a solitary witch? Go for it. You have like-minded friends and you want to do this workbook. Like maybe you get together and this is the basis of your coven. Go for it. Um, so you can become an initiated participant with training and knowledge as good as, if not better than, any of the other coven members. So it's like saying, you know, don't feel bad if you're doing this by yourself and they yeah. have a coven. Like, you're going to know as much, if not more, than those other people. And when I was reading it, I remember, like, the structure he gave. I was like, oh, well, you know, it's still very much like a Wiccan book. And then as you go through it, there's a whole section and reflection questions on yeah. practicing solitarily. Being yes. a solitary witch. And yeah. I was like, this is wonderful. Every chapter. And it's not just asking you questions. Uh... How would you make your robe? Yeah. How would you... Um, How would you set up your altar? Your altar. I mean, like, it really makes you think and plot it out. You have a blueprint of how you want things to look. It would be very easy to do this book before you build your first book of shadows. And oh, then yeah. take what sort works. of step by step, sure. put it in like that. Sure. I even think, like I said before, if you have friends and you're like, how do I even start a coven? Boom. Boom. He, he, this is he literally great, tells you how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this book was fantastic. He also says something that I think would really anger. It was on page eight. <laughs> it was real, real soon that he wrote that angry anger. thing. By the time you have finished this training, you will be the equivalent of a third degree in Gardnerian or similar. 
And I just know, yeah, I know so many witches would be like, absolutely not, because I am a third degree. Stop it. You know? I mean, he, it's, he knew. Yeah. That's pa- the thing. If Papa Buckland said this, stop it. If he had Gardner's book, mm-hmm. he's not lying. No. Yeah, I can imagine some, some particular people who would be like, Oh, Excuse yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> Unacceptable. But it was really... Like, even the way that he wrote about it was very easy to understand for me. It was very concise, mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. I loved his talking about the Council of American Witches. Mm-hmm. Because one, didn't know that was a thing. So then I went on, like, a deep dive to learn about it. They started in 1973, made rules in 1974, and then immediately disbanded. Which I think is such a great sign for American witchcraft that they were basically like, no, 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 we're not a ruling council. We're just giving guidelines. Like, here you go. Goodbye. Right. I also (laughs) wrote down the 13 rules and having written them down went, oh, lol, there are 13 rules. Obviously. Like, duh. I'm like, why did they do 13? That seems like a lot. Oh. You'd think after doing this for a year, I would like recognize the symbolism, but no. But it like this is what I think I have been looking for with regards to Wicca is like having the the 13 rules of the Council of Witches. These are this is what makes American Wicca. I can't I'm not gonna extrapolate to other Wicca, even though right. it would make sense to extrapolate because Buckland literally had Gardner's book, but I'm not gonna do that anyway. Okay. These these are the rules. This this is what you need to do or believe to be right. a Wiccan practicing American Wicca. Which like thank you, Buckland. I really enjoy having rules. I like knowing when a thing is not a part of another thing. Like please give me labels so that I can organize stuff. And so many of the books that we've read are are meditations on. Right. Right? Contemplations of the nature of witchcraft by Gerald Gardner. Versus, here are the rules. Here's what we wrote. Here's your practice. Go for it. This is a textbook. And I love that. I also think for people who are eclectic witches, I'm not saying you can't be a witch if you don't follow the beliefs that are in this book. But... Do you have a set of beliefs? Like, do you believe in something? Yeah. Do you know? Like, what is it that you believe? Where did it come from? Have you sat and thought about it? Yes. You know? Um, you know, and for people who mix things, like, I definitely mix things. But you got to know what you're mixing. Yeah. I, I, you can't make a cocktail if you're not sure, you Picasso know, how much vodka or how much, you know. Picasso had to paint, like, beautiful, traditional paintings before he invented cubism absolutely i know where you were going i'm sorry yeah, i'm talking no. about cocktails you're talking about picasso you got a like, picasso what? you gotta learn the rules before you break them absolutely and yeah. now i know the rules okay yeah but you're hellenic it doesn't matter yeah but like no you're not breaking the rules you're hellenic no correct but it's nice to know what the like True. it's nice to have rules to be True. like oh okay cool wicca this is how it works okay that's because you don't listen that doesn't... It's not th- like I've never told you that's stuff. That's not wrong. Okay. Oy. But I like to have it on paper. I'm a linguistic learner. There we go. I learn via reading. Because actually, when you look at some of the beliefs um, in Wicca, there, a lot of other religions have the same ones. Yeah. You know? I liked um, 
rule number two of the Council of American Witches is the responsibility towards the environment. Yeah. Just went, like, immediately attuned to the rhythm, care about the world. Then we get the, the greater supernatural power. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, he even says it. It's a religion of love and joy. Yeah. It's not a religion of, let me burn this herb and, you know, light this <laughs> candle. That's, that's not what yes. it's about. And, yeah, we do have this this uh, responsibility to the world around us, which, you know, every day you turn on the news. It's not good. No. It's not a good look. I'm waiting for Scorpio to give me the okay to talk about my feelings about this. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so this is, I guess, like a pet peeve of mine. And I may or may not have ranted about it in the car on the way here because I was emotionally preparing for how I was going to say it on the podcast. I don't like the idea of, like, using magic instead of using mundane action. And so it's something that, like, in general I don't like. If you have a kidney problem and you text me and say, can you light a candle so I don't have a kidney problem, I'm going to say, no, go to a doctor. If you text me and you say, the doctor says I have to do this, this, and this, will you also light me a candle? Absolutely. Yes, I'm here for you. I'll send you some good vibes. Magic is not a substitute for doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I think that the point of that second rule, like the second rule doesn't say... We have a responsibility to do magic for nature. We have a responsibility towards our environment. So we, you know, would it, is it nice to see everybody posting on Instagram all about like the Amazon and like, we're going to do a spell for the Amazon. Absolutely. I love it. Should we also be really taking some time to think about our choices and how we're contributing to these problems? Absolutely. One of the major reasons that, the Amazon is burning is because it's clearing space for beef cattle and for soy. This has been happening for years. Like it's not new that they light the Amazon on fire to make space for these things. It's a big deal now because Brazil's leadership is a little bit in question. So if you are upset about the Amazon, the action step is to vote for people who support the Green New Deal decrease your beef consumption, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to go vegan. You can just not eat beef one less day a week. You know, do activism outreach, reach out to your family members. There's a great group in um, NIAC, Together Vegan Change, who do literally outreach. They just stand on the street and talk to people about what's going on. They also help save animals and stuff like that. But you don't have to you know, go home and, and light a green candle and pray, that's not and then changing. Like, you're not changing anything. If you don't take the mundane steps to go with the magic, the magic is less effective. And educate. Educate people who don't know. And you know what? A lot of people don't know what to do, and that's fine. Be proactive and be the one to Google and go, okay, what can I do? Absolutely. And then, hey, guess what? People don't know. I'm going to post this. Yeah. I'm going to tell people, you feel stuck? I was stuck. I was stuck five minutes ago. Now I know this. Now you know it. Pass it on. Absolutely. You know, um, but I agree with you. You can't light a candle and then eat a steak. I think, and I I do, I will say, I think it's very valuable when like covens get together and decide we're all going to put our energy into a certain thing, but 
if you are just thinking about something and not acting on it, it diminishes what you're doing. Yeah. And for every coven that gets together and, you know, they're, they're all vegan and they're all doing outreach and they're all wearing burlap sacks, there's a coven where even just a couple of members are not actually taking the steps that they're magicking for. And sometimes, like, we have to make sacrifices to take care of the world we're living in. And they don't even have to be big sacrifices. $5 a month to an Amazon rainforest con uh, conservation charity is a lot of money. Right? 5 times 12 is, I don't do math. But it's at least money. And, and if you post about it on your Instagram, post about it on your Facebook, I donated to such and such a place. Now people know about it. Right? We can't. If I see someone post prayers for whatever. Mm. It makes me mad. I, I, I have to mute it because prayers are great, but that's not what social media is for. Pray in your home. Act on social media. Right? And if you want to, I, I was saying before when we were talking about this, like I have ideas. I do know spells that we could do, but they're not the kind of spells people want. Like, I think it would be great if you created a sigil and carved it into a green candle and meditated on positive energy towards the Amazon and then took that candle and, you know, used it as a focus for, like, every time I donate money, I light this candle, right? Or if you put, like, a blessing or some kind of magic onto trees, right? Seeds, and then plant them. You can do all of these things. Do magic, but do it with something, something constructive. Something constructive. Absolutely. It's literally rule number two for the Council of American Witches. So I feel like the least we can do for the history and memory of witchcraft is give a shit. Be better citizens, period. Yeah. Not just magical citizens. Citizens. And there's so many... There are so... So many ways that you can be better. Carpool once a week. Don't eat a hamburger on Fridays. Don't shop at fast fashion or try to thrift more often. Donate. Vote. Get other people to vote. And, you know, I don't want people to feel like, oh, because I have to spend money to do this. No. So then find out what you can do and, and get the word out. Yeah. You know, you can just be somebody who, like, Googles and posts on social media and helps people get information and, you know, do something. One of the big things on Instagram now is this idea of micro-influencers. People who have less than 100 followers, but they still are able to make noticeable ripples in the way information is translated through Instagram. Absolutely. If, if you post something. Yeah. That moves and it has more of an outreach than you think it does. So even if you can't, you can, you're living in a food desert and you can only afford certain foods, you can't afford to, you know, buy unless you're at a fast fashion shop, you can't donate to places, just let people know what's up. Yeah. Post on your Instagram, post on your Facebook status, doesn't have to be mean, can just be, hey, I want to let you guys know. Yeah. And that factually, statistically makes a difference. Look, I think some people are just doing what they can to survive, you know, yeah. and and they, they still want to make a difference. And I think everybody can. I don't think you, you, you do what you got to do, you know. But you got to do. But you got to do. Yeah. Love that. Do what you got to do, but you got to do. But you got to do. Well, we got all serious. Not that we, just... we're not serious before, but yeah, I mean, it is a serious thing. And I think as witches, it hurts. It hurts to see where the planet is going. Especially because... 
So I'm going to I'm going to make this about Wicca. I'm going to roll this back into Okay, yes, cuz we have to get back to this book. One of the things that I was a little bit of an asshole about when I was younger is the idea of Wicca being a nature religion versus Wicca being a fertility religion. Okay. Because I think in Gardner's original practice, Wicca is really more of a fertility religion. It's more about the combination of the feminine and the masculine in a variety of ways to make change. And just because the god and the goddess were representations of, like, the earth or the moon or the sun didn't really change the fact that his focus was on how the two come together. Reading Buckland made me feel like a jerk for being like that as okay. a as a kid, because I feel like when you come into now this, I'm putting quotes, American witchcraft, this American-style Wicca, it is much more obvious that it's about nature. That it's mm-hmm. not just about... You know, it was less obvious to me from Gardner that you needed to go be out in nature, that you needed to be in touch with it, that your gods really were in the world around you. But when you read Big Blue and you're doing the questions, you can see where he's like, oh, well, you know, go touch the ground. Right. You know, this these things are going to affect you in different ways. And so when I see responsibility towards the environment in this book, it makes sense to me. And I can say, like, yes, this this is a nature religion. This religion is about being in touch with the world around you and inviting the world around you to be in touch with you as well. And so I think that's sort of why this topic related so heavily to me is because this is the first time that I, I looked at a book and I was like, oh, yeah, like th- this is what it was supposed to be. This is what makes sense. Caring about the environment is a fundamental facet of what Buckland is talking about. Absolutely. I don't remember when I first got this book. Actually, usually we talk about the books um, since I, I this was in my collection. I have the 14th printing. Um, I don't know when I got it, to be honest with you. I don't know. It was just one of those books that like showed up one day? I mean, I know I bought it. I don't yeah. think anybody gave it to me. But I don't know when I got it. I just know that... Um, if the Ferrars solidified for me who I was, this, this helped me get there. This was the first step, you know. The Ferrars gave you the, the concept and this right. gave you the practice. Yeah. I just remember it, it really did. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just wanted to state that. Do so. we know what year this book was originally published in? 86, I think I said. Oh, Okay. 19-something, where is it? 1986. Okay. One of the things that I was realizing when I read it is that I forgot that Satanism didn't exist when we were reading some of our previous books. So, like, in a, in a lot of the previous books, they talk about, like, how this is sure not the Christian Satanists. devil. Oh, But, like, yeah. the religion of Satanism didn't exist until, like, this area. Did it? This is when... No, yeah, I mean, hasn't there always been Satanism? Satanism as an officially recognized religion is started with LeVay. So that was like 1975. Okay. But yeah, but I always assumed there were Satanists. It's just... Yeah. You mean the organized religion? It was a different, religion? like, Kinda. the way that they communicated about, about it was differently. Yeah. So I just made a note, like, did it exist now or not? Wait, why are you talking about Satanism? Every book that we've read, including right. Buckland, has like a disclaimer that's like, this is not about the Christian devil. We right. don't believe in the Christian devil. Right. And in the Council of American Witches, they have rule number 12, which is we don't believe in an absolute evil. Right. So in my mind, I went, this is one of the first books where that disclaimer meant something in the American social consciousness. Oh, okay. Because at this point, the official religion was now created 
and was scaring the pants off of Christians everywhere. Okay. And this is the first time this Council of American Witches where, like, they weren't just saying it to be like, oh, no. They were saying it because a new religion had started that they wanted to distance themselves from. Got it. So it's, it's interesting to watch the history change. To go from, like, generic to... Very specifically this saying, is now specific. we are not We're not Satanists. Okay. I also... I think I wrote that, too. You said that he said it was a re- religion of love and joy. And I also wrote that down. Okay. I feel like... Yeah. We were connected think. right what there. What do you think? Um, so they, he also talks about other things, like ceremonial magic. He talks yes. about the Freemasons. Um, which... You know, they can't talk about it. I've always been curious about the Freemasons because both of my parents were Freemasons. And they didn't allow women. And then, so my mother was an Eastern star. Yes. And then they allowed women and she became a Freemason as well. I love that. So, what but of course, they don't just, talk about you it. You can't ask No, they won't, they won't. Gosh. No, it's not a thing that's going to be discussed. <laughs> um, lesson three was magical languages. Yes. Which I loved. Mm-hmm. I, um. And choosing a name. September noon. This is full moon. Okay. So I will not have done it yet. Yes. But I will be starting after this podcast goes up, posting some sneak peeks of our witch face code, and I will release the whole code on Salon. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so it's a big thing. I'm really excited about oh, it. Oh, I'm excited too. I yeah. looked at the magical languages and I was like, this reminds me of that course that we took. Right. And like, he's got Theban in it and you can practice your Theban. It was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. And he gives you so many options. Like that I loved is not only are you getting to do reflection and like really sit with yourself and understand it, but there were like six different codes in there that you could look at and be like, oh, well, I'd rather use Ohm. Is how we say it? Mm-hmm. I'd rather use Ohm. I'd rather use Theban. I'd rather use Runes. Like, he goes through and just lays it all on the table. Here you go, buddy. Here it is. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask me about choosing a name. You gonna... Oh, actually, can we talk about that? Now that you brought it up again. That's why I was just staring at you. Yeah, I'm sorry. like, she's going to let that go. I am. I wasn't. No, I just got tangented because I was so excited about the witch face Yeah, code. I'm excited too. You hadn't told me about that. I know. I, I'm announcing it to everybody right now. Yeah. Walk me through choosing a name. Because I remember when I was theoretically an eclectic Wiccan. Okay. I did that. I chose myself a name. Right. But now... It didn't... I don't have it anymore. I didn't stick. Okay. So your name, it's all with the number, right? So the, yes. So the, the name's got to add up. Yes. I don't know what else you're asking me. Because... Like... So like, did your name add up? Yeah. So we use, is, is this Gematria or is this numerology? I guess it's both. Gematria is a type of numerology. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. He had like the little exercise in it. Like, is Judy's witch name good or not? Right. Loved that. Is that the only way that you could pick a name? Is that like the rule? I mean, that's a rule. I don't know if other people do other things. But, I know but that's how you did it. That's what I, and what I did was I combined. Actually, uh, uh, Oddly enough, I, I'm not going to say my name um, on the podcast. It. Not telling you. Um, I basically thought of two things that reflect me, that are important to me, that are kind of Wicca adjacent. Adjacent. And I made up a name. And it's really weird because it added up. And I went, well, I guess that's, I guess that's, that's it. it. <laughs> I live here so, now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I did not add them up when I made my name, and maybe that's why it didn't stick. 
I just picked a name I thought was oh, cool. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I did the whole thing. And it's funny because I have, there is one witch who knows my name. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird because sometimes he'll just like, if I meet him somewhere, I'm having dinner and he'll just like, oh, I just like say the name. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> don't do that. What's wrong with you? We're yeah. going to have a drink. We're not in the middle of a forest somewhere. Yeah. So please don't. So, Yeah. But I still have it from whenever. I love that. From like 15 minutes ago. What do you mean? Because you're so young. Oh, yes. You're, you're a wee um, infant. Yeah, because I'm not 82. I'm, I'm 75. You're, you're 12 and I'm 82. Yeah. That's how this works. So, um, and they talk about covens and yes. rituals. And um, and it's funny to talk about the individual the solitary versus the coven. And, you know, I don't know if... if we we mentioned I know we mentioned this, but people who maybe don't remember, um, we are technically solitary witches. Our coven is technically solitary witches. Uh, we are a coven in the millennial sense of the term, right? Not in the traditional sense of the Obviously, term. Obviously, because you're Hellenic. <laughs> yeah, it does not. And my also, head would explode if I had to explain things to you every single time. Yeah, they wouldn't. It would be bad. And I think the other Scorpio would have hexed you by now. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, it's, but I, I, we've talked about that. I like the new, so why the millennial version of a coven. I like being able to like talk to people about this without right having to do it together. But what he mentions is it should be a close knit group, right? You should choose your fellow witches carefully. Yes, and I think, I don't know, like why does a coven need to be more? I, I mean, I get it. I, I do know why, oh, but I'm yes. saying no. I agree. You know, it, I don't think it has to be more. I think yeah. that you choose people that you can discuss certain aspects, and I think it's also nice to say, "Well, I don't do that." Right? Yeah. What do you do? And that's kind of interesting, and I find it fascinating. Like, you know, I want to know more about Hellenismos. I have no intention of just like you had no intention of you know becoming awakened, but awakened. I'm going to do this but year it, in a daylight. Yeah. But it is kind of interesting just to know, especially when. We talk about other aspects of yeah. our witchcraft, just to know, like, okay, but behind it is this other philosophy yeah. or this I other... love to learn. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I like the idea of a coven being a group of people who come together to learn. Yeah. Like, just teach me stuff. Just yeah. like, let's do it. My stuff is different than your stuff. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's all I ever wanted in a coven. And I'm thinking that's probably why we don't, like, fight necessarily. Yeah, because there's, there's no, like... Well, it's also because we're all very aware that you're the head witch in charge. True. There is no, like, power conflict there. That's absolutely true. I am very comfortable being, like, second in command. I just think it's funny because um, we all kind of came to this, like, we want nothing to do with covens. Yeah. And then it's like, surprise. You all get together? (laughs) Yes. Surprise, we're in a coven. (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of happened. But, you know... I think that he said you can be in a coven, you can be an individual. I think if, if Buckman was writing this now, he'd say, or you can be in this new type of coven yeah. where you can just kind of like be individuals that come together. Individual coven on a spectrum. Yeah. You're in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And any way you want to do this, I think the importance is to have love of what you do. Yes. And respect and trust in the other people. And I think you've, I think you're good. Yeah. You know? He doesn't start talking about, like, how to really do magic until Lesson 11. Which I think is important because I think a lot of people might go into this going, I'm going to learn how to do this. And that's not what this is about. And I think he wants to make that very clear. I think it's fantastic because I think by the time you get to Lesson 11, you should have figured out, like, 
well, how do I feel about gods? How do I right. feel about, right. you know, like nature? Where am I at on all of these things that are very important to Wicca? And then you've gone through all of that stuff, like the theology part. Now you get into the, well, this is how we practice our religion. This right. is what we do exactly. as Wiccans. Now, something he said, and I wrote it down. Religious rites should be performed because you want to perform them and because you enjoy performing them, not because you have to perform them. And I really like that because, you know, sometimes uh, people say, what should you do for the full moon? Nothing. <laughs> I watched Netflix. I forgot it was the full moon. And, and then you have this guilt and yes. this feeling of what did I do? And you go back to your gods and you say, I'm a bad witch. I think I say this about once a week. Okay, I'm a bad witch. I'm really sorry. Um, and it's not that you don't want to perform them, but you could be busy. You could be tired. You could be not feeling well. If we are forced to do something, we might as well go to church. Yeah. Right? I, I can't stand that when people are like, I never go to church. Why not? Shouldn't you want to be in church? Isn't the point Shouldn't of your you religion. Yeah. yeah. Like tr religion should fill you with something. And which is not to say you shouldn't ever perform anything. But I'm just saying, I don't think... I don't think it's a slap in the face to the gods if you sit something out or if you, what are you doing? Are you consciously not? And, and why are you not? And what is, what is uh, performing a right mean to you? Yes. Okay. And if it means you're going to sit with a can one, one candle in front of you and you're going to meditate or you're going to whatever, and that's enough for you, you feel connected somehow, then do that. I mean, so I feel like I have never actually admitted this out loud on the podcast. Oh, God. But I'm sure I've said this to you a million times. Oh, okay. I have conversations with myself sometimes. Yeah, don't we all? I'm a Gemini. It's like what we do. Uh, and very recently, three days ago, I had a lovely conversation with myself. Okay. About how I have to stop saying that I'm a bad Hellenic. Mm. One, because fundamentally the universe doesn't understand language like that so it just allows me to continue to be a bad Hellenic right it just is me self-perpetuating the idea that I'm not good at what I'm supposed to be doing but also there is no bad Hellenic I I call myself a bad Hellenic because sometimes I forget the full moon or because I don't always do offerings in a certain way that doesn't make me bad you know what's terrible you know how people have um what is it FOMO yes okay I could see people going out and could care less. You're out having a drink, good for you. Yeah. But if I see a witch, it's like, oh, I've just prepared this and that. And yes. I go, oh, God, when was the last time I ever pulled herbs out and did a yes. tincture of... And then you say to yourself, what? You yeah. Know, why am I doing this to myself? There's a lot of pressure. I think, one, because we're still a very small religion in comparison to, like, Christianity and Judaism and the rules aren't as clear to the world right. on high. So we kind of all put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect because yeah. we are representations of our religion yes. to the regular people, the Cowans. There you go. Look at me learning. Um, but also we put so much pressure on each other intentionally or not. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I struggle with so much about which space on Instagram is that I want to post these beautiful like flat lays with like fancy high quality cameras and sometimes I have to walk myself back and be like girl it's more important that you're posting and it's more important that you're just like getting to build relationships with the people that are in your community if you post a picture of a rock you use that rock 
Right. right. I'm not, I shouldn't be lying to our community being like, right. here's my cards and here's my rock and here's my sage. And like, I don't use any of that. Right. So we as a, as a community of witches sometimes need to like take a step back and remind ourselves we're not bad. We're great at our religions, at our magical practices. We are fantastic and we need to stop diminishing ourselves by trying to create this image of Wicca or of witchcraft for the world to consume. I agree. You know, a lot of times when I'm in meditation with my gods, when I'm in front of my altar, I realize they accept me exactly how I am. They know, you know, yeah, yeah we're not going to see her for a week. So <laughs> how's it going? Um, you know, it's, yeah, I agree with you. We have to stop trying to perpetuate this idea that everybody is doing all this stuff. Maybe some people are, and that's great. But, like, good for you. Yeah. A lot of us can't do that. And we shouldn't try to live up to the standard of, like, three people on Instagram. Right. And I think I think I would love to see, you know, I bought Big Blue, and here's a picture of me highlighting the text. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't... It doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. I am excited to see that you are doing... Yeah, you're doing you. You're doing you. So... That's why there's, there's, like, whenever I don't know what to post, it's always, like, a candle or, yeah. like, me lighting something on fire because that's what I'm doing. You know what I'm going to miss about summer is um, on the occasion that you allow me to post something <laughs> uh, or when you contact me and say, I don't have anything. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I did something, especially when it's a Wiccan holiday. It's like, well, obviously I did something. And um, when it's summer, I can just, I don't have a nice background. I just go outside. I see some flowers. I throw whatever it is on the flowers, yeah. take a picture of it. And I'm like, well, let's go. Yeah. You know, um, like the wreath that I made. Um, yes. I, and I'm like, oh, wait, I know. And I I went, I know exactly where I went. And I threw them down. I took a picture. I'm like, done. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I'm not good at that stuff either. It's just, I mean, it's tough because obviously Instagram is a visual medium. Right. So we want to yeah. have the most beautiful photos so people will like us and yeah. listen to our podcast. But... At the same time, the point of witch space is for us to be authentic. And our authentic witch space experience is being frickin' nerds about witch books. Yeah. And coming and complaining about them. Or not this case, but coming and talking about them on the podcast. So, right. And, you know, sometimes my dog gets in the pictures. Your dog has... is so cute. Yeah. My favorite part, I actually was thinking about this. And you can tell me how you feel. Um, sometimes... Your dog is, like, in our podcast episodes. Yeah, you can hear his little nails I on the I love floor. it so much. I want to do, like, a Where's Waldo for your pupper. Like, what do you mean? If you tell us exactly where he comes in in the podcast and, like, we'll do a tarot reading or, like, give you a rock or something. <laughs> I think it would be adorable. Okay, we should do that one, one Perfect. Time. All right. It's happening. All right. I need to take notes on that. Okay, so um, there's something else that he talked about. So, you know, different lessons. I'll just talk briefly. You know, covens and rituals we talked about. We talked about um, meditation, dreams, and minor Sabbaths. Another lesson is on marriage, birth, death, and um, channeling, which which I loved. Um, my first marriage, I, I had a Wiccan ceremony. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a combination of different traditions. So I would love to hear more about that. My, okay. <laughs> so a friend of mine did the ceremony. We actually were married in uh, City Hall. Okay. Two days before, two days prior. Got it. Because my friend at the time was not ordained. I just 
wanted him to do it it because I was like, okay, I'm not getting married by somebody else. Yeah. So legally I was married uh, at City Hall. um, And then he married us and it was a combination of a fairy ceremony and an Anglo-Saxon ceremony. Okay. How was it? It was great. I mean, I... Yeah, I, like, I mean, please was, just tell me all the details. I don't know all please the details. Please just narrate your wedding for the listeners. <laughs> That's so bizarre, not doing that. But, I mean, it was just, it was, it, what was funny was not, my, my entire family was not in on it. They did not know what was going on. So they see this young man get up there in these gorgeous robes, but mm-hmm. obviously not a priest, not a Christian priest. And as soon as it started, I just... I remember just taking a little look around and people's mm-hmm. faces were like, oh, they thought it was art and they thought it was beautiful. Got it. Nobody thought, wait, what religion is this? Even though he does talk about the elements and there's one part where he took out the pentagram and I mm-hmm. thought, this is where it <laughs> this all is where my family goes. Leaves. Yeah, this is where it all goes wrong. But no, like, and no one came up to me mm-hmm. ever and said, okay, what? Was that exactly that we saw? And yeah. it was nothing. And the theme was um, like a medieval theme. Mm-hmm. So I think they thought it was art performance going with the theme. I Got don't think it. they thought, oh, a witch is getting married right now. You know, I don't think yeah. that's what they thought. So that was really nice. And um, and before you ask, yes, we also did a hand unfastening when we got divorced. So first came the legal divorce. And then Got after it. that, um, we did the spiritual one. And that was it. That's not, I wouldn't even have thought of that, but that is... Oh, I did. Oh, God. Of course you did. But, like, that's a really cool thing because a lot of times you don't get a, an annulment in Christianity. Oh, that's true. Like, you, don't, you t- don't always get a spiritual divorce. But I told you, our, you know, uh, our vows said until we choose yeah. to remain together. So there's no such thing as I, you know, now my gods hate me because I got divorced. I think my gods are so thrilled <laughs> that I got the divorce. Um... And, and I did not go that route now that I'm married again. Okay. I did not do the whole hand fasting thing. Um, I, I don't feel that I needed it. He's not mm-hmm. Wiccan. Yeah. So, so. There's, there's no way that I was going to do that <laughs> to yeah, somebody. You, yes. Um, and I think my gods are really happy for me. I think that yeah. it's all good. So I guess just a long roundabout way of saying lesson eight do you need to do these things? I know that when I die, um, it'll probably fall on you. Great. Because you're younger. Great. Um, there's just, yeah, I do want to have certain things mm-hmm. done for me. Um, I think it's good. I think it's good to send somebody off because when you think about death, it's got to be a confusing time for a witch. You're not in your body. Do you even know? Is it like a dream? Yeah. So to have your coven or to have one or two witches that'll say, you you need to go. I wish we You've were still on. talking about the rainforest because this is far more serious than that. Oh, far more se- What? My death? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, hopefully not for like a really long time. Yeah, I'm like not... forever. What are you even talking well, about? Because, I, you know, maybe if I was older, but I don't feel like I'm going to go <laughs> oh anytime soon. Oh, my God. So. I don't even want to think. Actually... You just don't want the responsibility. I don't. I hate responsibility. It's too bad. This is a very random tangent. What? I would like to address on the podcast why we constantly say, oh my God. Oh, because we're Americans. Because this is just like, it's just part of the language of like the society we live in. Because obviously like I have many gods. Yeah. But I just realized that I said, oh my God, like 400 times. 
No, I think that's an American thing. In fact, it's so funny when I go to Spain um, and I mean, everybody comments on it when yeah. something happens and I go, oh my God. And they'll go, oh, and like they start that's laughing. Cute. And one of my husband's friends was like, I cannot believe you actually said, oh my God. Like, that's a real thing. I was like, yeah. Goes, I love that. Like, it's a stereotype. Because they only see it in movies and they think it's a movie thing. Yes. See? Oh so when I say, oh my God, and it's funny like, because um, his friend makes jewelry. He actually, he made our wedding rings. I love that. And I go to his store when I'm there and I had these two necklaces and he goes, wait. And he went in the back and he had like a prototype of something and it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Obviously I got it. And he goes, so what about this? And I went, oh. he goes, oh my God, good <laughs> or just good. And I'm like, Oh my God. I so, love that. Yeah. So now the big joke is whenever we send messages or like I write something on social media, I'll go, Oh, oh my, my God. God. Because he just thinks that is, and his wife too, just it's the funniest thing that I could possibly say. I love that. So that's why we say it. we're Americans. We're um, very, we're New York. We're New York. We're so New York. <laughs> All right. Sometimes when oh, I get, see, when I say that, I sound, I'm a Latin from Manhattan. The problem is, is sometimes when I get drunk, I have like a Brooklyn accent for no reason. For no reason? It just happens. I'm not from Brooklyn. I've never been from Brooklyn. I'm just intoxicated and therefore an accent has happened. Well, <laughs> it's really funny because I can't really do a New York accent without sounding totally Latinx. Like mm-hmm. I, like when I try, it just comes out, well, you know, and I'm like, okay, wait. <laughs> so it's I like, the finger pop with the it. The finger, right? It's like, you know, and, I, and I, I'm a Latin from Manhattan. I love it. So what can I tell you? All right. So he also talks about divination. Here's something interesting that I also think would make certain witches head spin. Tarot, your intuition is all you need to read the cards. He says, read the meanings once and then put the book away and you're good to go. And I thought that would make people crazy. Some people would go well, nuts. Well, think about all the people who wouldn't have a business anymore because nah. they can't teach people how to read. Yeah. yeah. I agree completely. I have like a little a little white book that I made that I carry around. Yeah. But like when I read for other people, I don't want to take a book out. Right. I, I, I feel that it makes me kind of look bad. So if I'm like sitting there reading for someone, I'm going to read based on what I see in the card. Oh, no, 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 no. If I'm learning a new system... You've seen me do it. I'll yeah, take yeah. out my own notebook and I'll go, wait. You know, let yeah, me but see I've been this doing is. this for 10 years now. Oh, I, no, that's I different. can put the book away. So anyway, he talks about other different types of divination. Scrying, wands, palmistry. Oh, my God. The, the, the Saxon wands. Yeah, the seven wands. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So. Oh, my goddess. I know. I can't, I can't stop saying oh, my God now. Oh, my goddess. Just when I was growing up, my dad used to do this trick. It yeah. was like a bar trick that he used to do okay. where he would like pick up a random number of spoons and he would drop them on the bar okay. and he would tell the bartender, my wife is telepathic and she can read my mind through the spoons. Mm. So he'd say, pick a number from one to 10. And then my dad would like secretly put his fingers like on the bar somehow. So my mom would see. I love it. And then she'd look at the spoons and say, this is the number. And then they'd get free alcohol. I want to learn Saxon wands exclusively Okay. For my father. Like, I love I, it. I feel like that, the fact that this exists, that you can, like, drop the wands and they'll tell you things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in me. Right? Even if it was just a joke. It. Yeah. My da- like, it's it. in me. I have you to ever have tried it. charms? No. Nope. Okay, so put that on the list of <laughs> things that I will teach you guys next time. Yes. We get, we get together. Yes, 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 yes. Although I'm supposed to be teaching you something else. 
This is, why am I always teaching something? You guys um, need to come up with stuff. I want to learn things. I can teach you lots of stuff. It just is mostly lighting things on fire and praying. So. Okay. So he also talks about herbalism. Yes. Which I thought was good. Simple medicines. Um, which I wouldn't, I don't know. Be very careful when reading yeah. simple medicines in books from 1986. Check very carefully. Speak to your doctor. Don't consume St. John's wort if you have certain blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. We that's, know the rules. That's the only thing that concerns me when we look at these books and we say, okay, go out and read this. You know what? There's a lot more information now on herbs and, and you do have to be careful. And there's a lot of allergies and a lot of mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. If you've never been into herbs, you need to go somewhere and learn from an herbalist. You need yeah. to speak to your doctor. All these things. You need to do all that and before like, you don't pick up a book. I encourage everybody to forage and to like understand their local herbs. Oh, like, sure. That's understand very them. Good for Consuming you? them is one thing. Yeah. Understanding them is another. Do not consume anything until you are very, very confident it's not going to kill you. Right. And even then, Probably ask someone. Probably don't consume it anyway. I don't know. And then like you said, Lesson 11 is magic. We're finally getting into it. And he says, hey... Do not rush through it. Thank you, Buckland, for being freaking accurate. But I feel like a lot of people want to do that. And that's when, you know, and I know that you look look at me weird when I say, uh, you can't just be a witch doing spells. This is what I'm talking about. People who just go, okay, I became a witch last week. I want to do a spell on. And I'm like, lady, lady, relax. Yeah. Do you know why you use this versus that? Do you know what? Learn something about the spell before you go out and just start doing the spell. I feel like the progression that he gave for, like, in the chapter, first he talks about feelings, then he talks about drawing down power, then he talks about timing, then he yes. talks... I think those are the... That's the way you should do it. Yes. Like, these are the steps. Start with not magic. That's easy. It's, you know, here's the knots, here's how they work, try right. that. Then try candle magic. Yeah. Then try, maybe skip love magic and sex magic. Um, I think you should wait until a very long time for those. But do, you know, protection. Do all of these things in that order. Puppet magic is awesome. Yes, that's in there too. I wrote that. Now I was going to say, that's I, that's a good one, I think, for people. Not to start with necessarily, but it's a great visual. Yeah. You know? And it's great if you want to heal someone. Yes. want to do a healing spell, having that poppet, that visualization of the person. And if you're crafty, you can make them look like the person yeah. and really get your energy focused on helping the person, never to hurt the person. It's not a, you know, hot take. Your first spells should be it for you. Oh, yeah. I think that until you're comfortable, you should yeah. just be doing like, do I want to attract abundance? That's fine. It's yeah. for me. Do I want to be more self-confidence? That's yeah. fine. It's for me. Protection. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's, I think, the thing that gets me nervous about new witches is if you're like, you know, oh, oh I'm a witch. I want to do spells. Fine. Do spells on yourself. If you screw up your own life, you know, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Don't do a spell on your best friend yeah. to find the love of her life if you've never done that before. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe... You don't know what you're You don't know out. what you're doing. Yeah. It's just not a risk you should take. And I think that's probably the only bad thing about being a solitary is... If you're a solitary, but you know other solitaries, you're good. Yeah. Because you can say, all right, I want to try this. What do you think are the pros and yes. cons if you're starting out, right? But if you're like in the middle of nowhere and you're the only witch, 
then you need a copy of this book. And like you said, you need to do things for your, on yourself yes. first. Because the last thing you want is to hurt somebody without realizing that you hurt somebody. But I also think it's kind of scary because people like to play with things and say, I'm going to call on this. I'm going to call on, yeah. you know, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Like people like to, they, they talk about the elements and they talk about the elementals. And you don't want to mess with the elementals. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you don't know and you call something, who's there to help you? Yeah. So it can be scary. But yeah, so you've got all this magic. And, and broken down into two chapters. You get the spoken word, which is 11, and the yes. written word, which is 12. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's so many different magics that you can do. And like oh, for God. me, sigils and talismans yeah. and amulets are more my speed. That's more right. 12. Yeah. Which I everybody should read about like talismans and amulets. Oh, yeah. Because so many times things that we own end up becoming talismans. Like I have certain rings that I wear that I wear them on certain times. Like I, we're just going to do this. I just tell everything on the podcast. I have a ring that I wear exclusively when I am menstruating. Okay. And that ring has over time built up like the energy that goes with that time. That time. So I now have a talisman that I've created for my period. Not necessarily in the way that Buckland would have done it, but like so many items we have end up becoming charged based on how we use them. We should probably know how talismans and amulets work. Yeah. Just as a baseline. Yeah, I have certain rings. And it's really funny because this came out once with somebody who was not a witch. <laughs> and I have this particular moonstone that that I when I need a little bit of oomph, when I need a little bit of... And I also have a topaz that does the same thing because it was my grandmother's. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother had made for me when she passed on mm-hmm. it became my ring but it was a ring that when i was born she made as a symbolization yeah of, that's of me. yeah so i have these two rings that if i'm feeling kind of like i don't have the energy for this emotional not just physical energy but emotional energy i will wear one of these rings and somebody came along and said oh let me see but seeing is with your eyes they had to put their finger on it and i said don't touch a witch's jewelry like that uh-huh. and then i just went <laughs> like as a yeah joke. like Ooh. but <laughs> They definitely bristled, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's whatever, I'm a now. witch. Don't touch my stuff, yeah. you know? Um, and, yeah, because it, it does have energy. There's a reason why you've put it on. So yeah. when people just go to touch my stones, I get nuts. It's like, yeah. why are you touching me? Also, it's going to get smudged now, which I, I – like, Well, yeah. Do not make me clean my jewelry also. Like, come on. Okay. <laughs> you should be cleaning it anyway. Yeah. I do it on my own time. Oh, okay. I don't now because do it because somebody made me print is on it. it. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I get you. Then I have, it's an extra cleaning. I don't yeah. want to do extra. <laughs> the story of Gemini's life, I don't want to do extra. I respect that. Um, then we have healing. Yes. We talk about that. Lots of different healings, you know? Color healing, gem therapy, which hopefully somebody else in which space, I keep telling her, you've got to come on and talk about yes. crystal healing. We'll get her there. We'll get her there. I believe in her. Yeah. We'll just trick her one day. Kidding. She listens. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to get a, a message after this, when she hears this podcast. Yeah. You know. Like, I don't trust you. I'm not coming to your house anymore. Yeah. But yeah. And then um, Solitary Witches. He talks. He has a whole chapter on that. And he says, the Solitary Witch is indeed a reality. Don't let anyone tell you that because you don't belong to a coven and because you were not initiated by someone that you are not a true witch. And we've been saying that since the beginning. Since day one. So thank you, Buckland. And then he's got a bunch of um, different appendix. He's got one on denominations, 
I don't know how updated they are. I don't know if people are still updating that book since he's passed on. And exams, which I love. There's tests for every chapter. So aside from asking you to do certain things at the end of the chapter, you can take a test. Yeah. And the answers are there, obviously. But you can take a test, which I think is great if you're by yourself. This really is everything you need. He's got music. He's got chants. Like, if you are so stuck because you were starting out and you go, I can't write a song now. You don't have to. Go to the back. Pull something out. And you're good to go. This book is... Book number one, I think. If you're, like, a first time, just starting out, I want to be a witch, this is book number one. Um. Okay, yeah, I guess. It's just funny because... I think you could read it concurrently with the Ferrars. Okay, I was going to say, the Ferrars, I would say jump to the back of the Ferrars, get an understanding of... Even if it's not 100% what you're going to follow, but get an understanding onto the beliefs. Because yeah. they really go into depth. They did. If that seems so like, okay, maybe I don't agree with everything, but I like this. This feels like home. Then pick up Big Blue because he's going to go into it and you actually yeah. get to do something yes. with that. And then at the end, you could read the first half of the Ferrars, which is like, you know, all about yeah. Because it'll be a little bit more in depth. But that's how I would go. If you were just starting out on this path, that's what I would recommend. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Scorpio suggests. Yeah. Book for two Wiccans, for ours, not for Hellenics. Then Big Blue, <laughs> yeah. Then Book One, yeah. I think that'd be good, and but I do still think that once you're comfortable in your craft, read Gardner. You have to read Murray. Yeah, you know, find out where it came from because, or at least listen to our podcasts about Gardner and Murray. Yeah, and then make your own decisions. Yeah, if you don't want to read the whole thing but i just think the more you know the better off you'll be the better witch you'll be even if you say this is all hogwash i'm glad that we've removed ourselves from that yeah and we're somewhere else now at least you know if somebody talks about it you know what's going on and i think that's it for big blue yeah i'm kind of sad a little bit too yeah i feel like there's so much in this book but we can't be on here for five hours and i think it's because it's buckland Maybe we'll have to come back to another book sure at some time because there's I a feel lot of them. He was, yeah, I think he was very instrumental to American witches. Absolutely, I'm not going to speak to other witches, and but... we are incredibly American. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! We are so American. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that. All right. So thank you to Sean McShane for the wonderful music. We're obsessed with it. We're obsessed with him. And of course, thank you for listening to us. And remember. If you're following the moon, you're following us.